Welcome to the Sunday edition of CNN 5 Things. I'm David Rind. Last week was a big one in the fight against COVID-19. Nearly a year after vaccinations began in the U.S., we saw shots finally go into the arms of young children. On Tuesday, the CDC signed off on emergency use of Pfizer's vaccine for kids ages 5 to 11. I want to go first, but I don't want to go first. And hospitals like this one in Connecticut quickly began administering doses. This is something public health experts say will not only help keep kids safe from COVID, but it could help bring the pandemic under control once and for all. Of course, many parents have a lot of questions about all this, so let's spend five minutes with CNN's senior medical correspondent, Elizabeth Cohen. She's been covering the ins and outs of the vaccine since the very beginning of all this. So Elizabeth, first off, what do we know about how effective and most importantly, how safe these shots are when it comes to younger kids? So Pfizer did a clinical trial where they found that the vaccine was about 91% effective at protecting children against getting sick with COVID-19. And they found that the vaccine was very safe. There were no serious side effects for children. Some of the usual stuff that us adults experience, you know, a sore arm or feeling, you know, a bit sick afterwards. There is one safety concern that has come up in FDA and CDC meetings over the past few weeks, and that is the risk of myocarditis. Hmm. Myocarditis is inflammation of the heart. It has happened in teeny tiny numbers to adolescents and young adults, especially males. And the theory is that it will happen less often, if at all, with young children, because just naturally young children do not tend to get myocarditis as much as those older groups. Hmm. But advisors to the CDC, these are outsiders, these are pediatric infectious disease specialists, other kinds of doctors, they voted unanimously to recommend that this vaccine move forward. And what about the size uh, of the vaccine? Because we've heard that the dose is actually different than the older age groups. Uh, What's going on there? Right. So the dose is actually one third. They found that one third of a dose worked just fine in children. And so that has has less to do with children's size than their immune systems. And so they found that they could do with a smaller dose. Yeah. can you, This is kind of confusing to, to me and some people. The 12-year-old gets a full-size dose, but an 11 and a half-year-old gets half of that or a third of that? Explain that to me. I know it's, it's, you have to draw the line somewhere. So, you know, an 11 year old, the day before his or her birthday gets one third (laughs) of the dose and then the next day could get the full dose, but you have to draw the line somewhere. And so they drew the line here. There's really no other way to do it. Hmm. So how's this all going to work then? Can parents take their kids to the local CVS, local pharmacy to get the shot? Or is it a more of a personal doctor kind of thing? Where, Where should parents go to get this done? Both places are will be having vaccines. So pediatricians' offices, pharmacies, some schools will be offering vaccines. Urgent care centers have been offering vaccines to children. So there's a variety of places children can go, which is really nice to kind of have those options. I think one sort of, you know, nice, if you can call it, if you can say anything nice about COVID, but one <laughs> nice, nice side effect is that pharmacies in many states didn't vaccinate young children. So I remember when our children were younger, uh, getting them a flu shot in Georgia could be very difficult. You had to get yourself Mm. into a pediatrician's office when we really just wanted to take them to a local pharmacy, which is much easier. So because of COVID, a lot of those rules have changed and it's much easier to bring a young child for any vaccine to the pharmacy. So soon you're going to get your first vaccine. What are you most excited about? 
Well, I'm excited about being with my friends. I'm pretty excited to get back to playing sports because I really love basketball, so it would be great to actually be able to play back indoors. What's the first thing you're going to do? You're so excited. I want to watch Hamilton on Broadway. You want to go to Broadway and watch Hamilton. So I want to talk about the effects of what this new eligibility group can have. Um, first, with kids and schools, does this mean that as more kids start to get vaccinated, we start seeing masks come off at school? What's the kind of state of play there? You know, like everything else in the United States, I think that different states, even just down to individual school districts, will make different decisions. And so they'll make different decisions based on what they see, what kinds of transmission rates they see once they get a lot of kids vaccinated, and also just what the rate of transmission is in their community in general. Our friend posted on a, on a chat that uh, my doctor is doing it, and we just signed up right away. It was literally yesterday, and we didn't hesitate. I think the bottom line here is that, you know, any parent knows, you know, the kids get sick in school. It's yeah. they're all, you know, in one place as the weather gets colder, they are inside more and more. And so to know that your child will be vaccinated and hopefully surrounded by other vaccinated people is is quite a relief. I know when our 14-year-old was finally able to get vaccinated this past spring, my husband and I were very, very relieved. Now, does, does she and the rest of the family still wear a mask? It, you know, when we're out, she wears one in school. Yes, absolutely. But just knowing that her chance of getting COVID and getting sick or bringing it home to one of us and getting sick, that made us feel so relieved that that chance had been had been lowered dramatically. Yeah, obviously, a huge sigh of relief on, on the personal level. But then let's broaden this out a little bit. Does this really have an impact on you know, the transmission of the virus in the larger community. You mentioned grandparents coming home for the holidays, that sort of thing. Is this kind of a game changer in the course of this overall pandemic? You know, I think it really could be a game changer. It could be part of a game changer along with some other, you know, measures that are being put in place. I mean, obviously, most of the difficulties are in people who are older and or who have underlying conditions. At the beginning of the pandemic, I think there was this feeling that since children tended not to get very sick with COVID, that they weren't spreading it. But I think that's changed over time. Lunchtime is a big worry. When kids' masks come off, Delta is on the menu. What they're finding is one for every child that has COVID symptomatically. There's six other children who are asymptomatic. Hmm. Here in Palm Beach County School District, the school year started by allowing parents the option to send their kids without a mask to school. But by the third week, they had just as many cases as they had all of last year. And so children, I think, have been, a, are, we now recognize are a much more important vector in this pandemic than we had originally thought. So yet another reason to get your child vaccinated. Right. And and last question, then, as we kind of look at the state of this pandemic overall with this new group coming on board, we've heard in recent days kind of the idea of the pandemic shifting to becoming endemic, just something that we kind of have to live with, just like the common cold. It's just kind of there, but there's ways to deal with it. Are we at that point now? When When does that happen? I don't think we're at a point, I hope we're not at a point where we say like, eh, let's just live with it. Because you know what? There's no vaccination against the common cold and there is a vaccine against COVID. We don't know what it looks like to have a fully vaccinated community. You don't have a fully vaccinated community until you have vaccinated children. Let's see what happens when we vaccinate children. 
the common cold, you know, doesn't kill people typically. COVID kills people. I hope hmm. we never get to the point in time where we're like, eh, it's just here. There's not much we can do. Yeah, and we've seen kids that have died from COVID, so it's important to keep in mind. Elizabeth Cohen, our senior medical correspondent, thanks so much. Thank you, David. Pleasure to be here. All right, when we come back, just in time for the holiday travel season, the U.S. tells international travelers to come on over. Welcome back. Here's a taste of what's happening this week. Starting Monday, U.S. borders are back open to international tourists. Under new rules, anyone looking to come into the country for non-essential purposes will need to be fully vaccinated with a shot approved and authorized by the U.S. or the World Health Organization. So that includes AstraZeneca. There are a few exemptions, though, and unvaccinated travelers will have to produce a negative COVID test up to 24 hours before they leave. Vice President Kamala Harris heads to France this week on diplomatic cleanup duty. She'll meet with French President Emmanuel Macron not long after President Biden met with him on the sidelines of the G20. During that meeting, Biden said his administration could have better handled that deal with Australia over nuclear-powered submarines, which tanked a previous arrangement between France and Australia. And a pair of game-worn Nike shoes from Kobe Bryant are going up for auction in Switzerland this week. The auction house Sotheby's says the high tops worn by the late L.A. Lakers star could fetch up to $38,000. Okay, that's it for us. This episode was produced by Paolo Ortiz and me, David Ryan. Our production manager is Matt Dempsey. Our senior producer is Mohamed Darwish. Our supervising producer is Greg Peppers. And the executive producer of CNN Audio is Megan Marcus. Special thanks this week to Justin Lape. We're going to do this next week again, of course, but remember, you can check in with us all week starting tomorrow at 6 a.m. Eastern time for all the latest headlines. Check us out on your smart speaker or follow CNN Five Things wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you later. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. This week on Chasing Life... I'm a health reporter and have been for 15 years. And even I feel overwhelmed by some of the things I read about the stuff we're eating. My colleague Meg Terrell wanted to take a deep dive into something you've probably heard a lot about recently. Ultra-processed foods. There is a lot to learn there, some fascinating stuff. And some of it is probably going to change the way you shop. Listen to Chasing Life wherever you get your podcasts.